Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Spotlight on Africa. My name is Maha Osman, and I am a lawyer in our global transactions team in Dubai and an active member of the Freshfields Africa group. We decided to start this podcast so that we could hear from some of the talented lawyers we work with across the continent on market trends, legislative developments, and on-the-ground intelligence in their jurisdictions. We will be speaking to our active clients across the continent on sectors and jurisdictions of interest, and we hope to highlight some of the interesting transactions we have worked on and are working on. With us today, I have two of my very esteemed and seasoned colleagues, Gabriel Mpubani and Rob Kant, who are the co-heads of the Freshfields Africa Group. Gabriel leads our energy, transport, and infrastructure business in London within our global transactions practice. He has an extensive breadth of experience across the continent, and he has acted on numerous project development and financing transactions in Africa and around the world, representing governments, sponsors, project companies, and lenders. Within the past couple of months, Gabriel advised a global telecom company on its bid for a telecom license in Ethiopia. He has advised the successful bidders on their acquisition of a stake in the Romco pipeline, and he advised on a major cross-border pipeline project in Africa. Welcome, Gabriel. Thank you, Maha. Good to be here. Rob is a corporate lawyer with a particular focus on advising private equity investors and other financial sponsors. Rob regularly advises on transactions across North and Sub-Saharan Africa and has established himself as one of the most active international private equity lawyers operating on the continent. Some of his notable experience includes advising DPI on setting up its $750 million pan-African biopharmaceutical platform and advising Ajinomoto, Japan's largest food company, on its $532 million acquisition of a 33.33% stake in Promasador, a major foods manufacturer that conducts business in 36 countries across Africa. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. I wanted to kick off by talking about the evolution of the Freshfields Africa Group. Gabriel, I know that you're from Uganda, and so naturally you have an interest in Uganda and the continent at large. But can you tell us a little bit about how your interest in working in Africa has evolved? Thanks, Maha. As you say, I am from Uganda and therefore have an innate interest in working uh, on the continent. My involvement with uh, the Freshfields Africa business started immediately I joined the firm because in coming to Freshfields, it was on the premise of being central to that effort, initially in covering the Asia to Africa corridor when I was in the Singapore office, and then being asked by the firm to, to come and be based in London to help lead those efforts closer to central management. And that has been a really exciting journey. And when you say evolution, it is indeed an evolution because the firm has moved to focusing on Africa on an opportunistic basis to being strategic about how we identify opportunities and how we are best placed to compete in that market for the best opportunities uh, and situations. And so my role has evolved with that evolution and working with Rob, I think we're a lot more intentional about what it is that we 
are looking to do. And we're excited about the new three-year business plan that we've pulled together that ties in quite closely with the global market initiative of the firm. So the strategy is really to identify opportunities that are most interesting for our most important clients globally and to see Africa from the lens of global clients, principally, which underpins our identity as a global firm. So moving from opportunistic to a highly intentional focus as a firm, but personally, it's always been a constant to try and find opportunities to work in Africa for clients that matter the most to us. And Rob, how did your interest in Africa begin? I think it started more as an evolution as uh, a junior lawyer who had had exposure to emerging markets. So as a trainee lawyer, I started working in CIS. I went on secondment to Moscow. I then came back to London and very quickly started working on deals across CIS, Africa and the Middle East. And back, I think about 15 years ago, I did my first transaction that I can recall on the continent, which was in Chad. And it's uh, still the only transaction I've ever done in Chad. And it was, it was great fun. And I think since then, after I moved to the Middle East, which was about 14 years ago, I then uh, had great exposure, as you can imagine, to North African mandates and some of the, the biggest transactions on the continent uh, I had the uh, great privilege of working on. Off the back of that, with my focus on private equity in particular, I was able to follow clients who were expanding their reach from the Middle East in particular into the continent. And off the back of that, I think I built some fantastic relationships. I had the great pleasure of working with Gabriel and Sean DeKindren and others at the firm who were focusing on Africa and a small sort of group of us really expanded that business. And 14, 15 years later, a bit longer, we end up knowing an awful lot of the people who've worked with them for many years and have got a great track record. And to be honest, it's just great fun. And I think now it's probably one of those things where you, you've turned something that was fun into a real meaningful business that at Freshfields, when you hear the, the focus of the firm, the strategic focus, Africa is absolutely one of the jurisdictions, if we can call it a singular jurisdiction for these purposes, that our management team at the very top has said that they are focusing on and want us to uh, continue to, to grow and expand our business in a very strategic manner, as Gabriel said, rather than just being purely opportunistic as we were perhaps 10, 15 years ago. Well, with such a strategic and intentional focus on the continent, why is it that Freshfields has decided not to open offices on the ground like many other firms and instead build this network, our Stronger Together network, of firms all across the continent, which we work very closely with? So from our perspective, the approach that we've got now is one that has served us well. It's seen our Africa business grow from strength to strength, and it enables us to work with the leading lawyers in every jurisdiction on the continent. I think it becomes a bit of a hackneyed expression to talk about it's not one market, it's 54 different markets, and absolutely that is the case. 
And I think one of the, the, the easy data points for us is would opening an office in Egypt allow us to do a transaction credibly in Kenya? Would a, an office in uh, South Africa credibly allow us to do a deal in Ghana? The reality is you need to work with people who are doing deals on the ground, know the nuances, know the people, know the legislators, understand exactly what's happening in those markets and be able to pick the best from the best. And that's what we do. And that's the relationship model that we have built over the last couple of decades. And it means also that our relationship firms and what we call our Stronger Together Network They know that we're not going to be moving into their markets, seeking to challenge them as a competitor to them. We're actually going to be bringing our global clients um, to bear when we are actually looking to uh, transact or have meaningful mandates, um, huge in the dispute practice as well, working with them and really harnessing their on-the-ground expertise and intelligence in a collaborative way. And I think that for us is a a model that works. That's not to say that there aren't other models that work well for other firms, but for us, this is something that our clients appreciate. And when they come to us for a mandate, they know that we can pick up the phone to the best lawyers in the various markets. They know us and we can get the service that, uh, that we need. And could you also tell me a little bit about our deal terms survey, which we prepared a few years ago and then updated right before COVID, how that came about and what that covers? Yeah, by all means. So I think building on what we at Freshfields do globally all of the time, which is we're at the forefront of cross-border deals and I'm reliably told that we've done more cross-border deals than any other firm globally which probably stands to reason as what I'm also reliably told is that we are the oldest international law firm. We've been around for 278 years, I think now. And off the back of that, we are, you know, we have a unique perspective in terms of the transactions that we cover. Um, I'm talking principally about M&A transactions in this instance, which is close to my heart, but of course that's not all that we do. But from an M&A perspective, We are constantly tracking certain key terms in doing deals. It's fascinating to see the evolution of those transactions as you sort of flip between a buyer's market, a seller's market, when you see stress and distress in these markets. And we we track all of this stuff globally. And what we did was harnessing our uh, relationships across the continent. We also went out to counsel in tens of jurisdictions across Africa and asked those law firms for their views because they see more transactions that we do. They see the transactions that are purely domestic as well. And we ask them for their experience of, you know, what does it look like to be doing a deal in Africa in their jurisdictions, whether that is, you know, is it common for warranties to be given? If so, how long are the claim periods typically? What are the typical liability caps? That sort of level of detail And then we've maintained that and we have updated it over the years. And it's something that our clients have found particularly helpful as it gives them an insight that enables them really just to have a look before they enter into the continent into things like how different is it to do deals in this market compared to what I'm used to. And as a barometer of, you know, the sorts of terms that they may be able to get doing deals in those jurisdictions. Thank you. And Gabriel, could you maybe share with us one of your favorite deals that you've done on the continent? 
the ongoing Nairobi Nakuru Mao Summit toll road project uh, uh, is a very interesting one. I, I won't use the word favorite because um, it is very challenging and, and very demanding, but it is hugely um, impactful because it is the largest project ever in Kenya. It's going to require a huge amount of money to put together. It is uh, going to draw together over 20 banks in syndicate. It is being delivered under a new law, the Kenyan PPP regime that is not highly tested. It is going to require a huge amount of structuring to solve for country risk, uh, market risk, political risks, and all sorts of other risks that you would not ordinarily come across. And it is also going to affect the region because it is the main highway connecting the East African coast to the hinterland. So countries such as uh, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, South Sudan, all rely on this road to get access to the coast. So there is strategic importance to the country, to the region, to the clients, to the stakeholders is immense. And this is why we as Freshfields uh, get called in to, to deals of this nature because they require finding solutions from across the globe to solve for issues that for a first-in-country deal are new but often have been tried and tested and in, uh, in many cases are finessed in other markets. And our global perspective allows us to bring these solutions to to a first-in-country transaction. So, so that, that deal, for what it stands for, its scale, its impact, for me, uh, I think, is uh, the most interesting deal uh, currently ongoing. Uh, but if I were to stand back and say what was my favorite deal, it was assisting uh, a client in Egypt this client wanted to develop a port on the eastern coast of Egypt, on the Red Sea. And they had found an excellent opportunity because it was to effectively prevent ships from having to go through the Suez Canal, which, as we saw recently, is not without its problems. It's highly congested. It is expensive to get through. And so they were developing an alternative to crossing the Suez Canal and to have ships come to, to this port, uh, unload and turn back, and, there, and thereby reducing their, their bankering charges uh, and the costs of doing business. It was highly compelling as a business proposition, but it was in the immediate aftermath of the Egyptian Arab Spring Revolution. The political situation was in, in flux, there had been uh, a massive devaluation of the Egyptian pound, and therefore the the economics of the deal needed to be recast mid-transaction. And because of this, the political situation of the country, the type of lender that were was prepared to advance funds to this project was not your usual commercial bank or, or, or investment bank. We needed to bring politically attuned institutions, political risk-absorbing institutions, to come into the transaction. So we brought in the IFC, which is an arm of the World Bank. We brought in EBRD, 
the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, because they they bring a certain political risk absorption. They like complex uh, situations where they can add value and where no more financing channels are not available. And we were able to get this deal off the ground and was and it reached financial close. So for me, that was the, the uh, a, a critical transaction because it showed that even in changing contexts, and Africa does have quite a few of these from time to time, we have the tools to deliver large transactions successfully in a manner that allows those transactions, A, to reach financial close, but then B, to, to withstand uh, real seismic shocks and go on to transform business propositions for the sponsors, of course, but then, of course, for, for business, uh, because this port was delivering a real solution to a real problem. And I, I would say that that was a very, very uh, cool deal to be involved with. Sounds fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Rob, what was your favorite deal that you ever worked on? I've done most of those deals with you, so I have an idea of what you might say. <laughs> well, I guess first thing to say is that choosing your favorite deal is probably like choosing your favorite child. You really ought not do that. Um, even if maybe you do have a favorite, which of course I don't. Um, so I think perhaps I'll cheat and I'll say some of my favorite episodes of doing deals and working on the continent more so than specific transactions because there's been some just great fun things along the way whether that's doing multi-hundred million dollar transactions for private equity investors in West Africa where it is in stark contrast to the sorts of mandates that Freshfield is known for as a leading private equity firm globally, where the picture of what the business is and what it looks like in terms of its operations on the ground is just very different. You've got people delivering ice creams and yogurts on streets. And this is what some people in the likes of Ghana and Nigeria grew up, the brand recognition being similar to Coca-Cola, but the photos of the, the vendors not being shiny retail outlets in, you know, premier shopping malls. It's people on dirt tracks selling these things from their bikes. And that's great fun and, and in stark contrast to the sorts of transactions that people would associate with Freshfield. And landing in Accra in Ghana for a private equity meeting where you're not landing in Frankfurt or London or New York in a in a cosseted environment. You're landing with, you know, the discarded fuselage of an aeroplane sitting on the side of a runway. Or when Gabriel and I were stuck at immigration trying to get into Luanda <laughs> in Angola and you're sitting there thinking, this is not an easy way to be uh, to be doing deals. This is truly challenging. And it's when you're told by the firm that you can only visit a city with an armed guard, otherwise you don't have insurance. You know, that again is not the sort of thing that you would associate with being, you know, a private equity lawyer at a firm like Freshfields. And those are the sorts of things that are great fun. Plus working in you know new markets, picking up transactions in Ethiopia, places where you grew up 
and your recognition of places like Ethiopia where, you know, drought-ridden people in real difficulty, and now you're able to work on transactions that have an impact as well, and the, the growth and rise of ESG investing, all of that stuff, and working closely with some of the DFIs, it's just really rewarding and great fun. So I don't think I can give you a specific transaction because there's just been so many. But, you know, I really enjoy working in new markets, really getting to know the, the guys on the ground and trying to bring some value add because it's so much fun when we as a team sitting in Dubai are mandated by clients sitting in London or Tokyo or wherever they may be for a transaction in a third jurisdiction or multiple third jurisdictions, such as Ethiopia, Nigeria, Egypt, South Africa, Kenya, wherever it may be. And they're coming to us because we know the continent. That gives me a great buzz because it means that we're doing our job properly, bringing value in terms of the product knowledge, which is really doing deals to our clients who need deals to be done properly in places that they're perhaps less familiar with or jurisdictions that they are struggling to find the right advice in or in relation to. So I know I've completely cheated in terms of my response, but I think they're the things that I get a real kick out of in terms of the work that we do. And you haven't upset any of your clients by picking a favorite <laughs> transaction. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I didn't tell you which of my kids was my favorite either. So that's good because <laughs> I don't have one. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And please come back and visit us again and again on the podcast. We would love to get your great insight. And Gabriel, we would love to have you back when this deal in Kenya hopefully comes to a close, when this project comes to a close. Uh, we'd love to hear more about it. I hope it is this side of Christmas, but I somehow doubt it. <laughs> Good luck. And thank you, Maha. I think we've got a great lineup of people that we're going to be speaking to during this series of podcasts. So really excited by the people we're going to be speaking to and the, the views that we're going to be hearing. So uh, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.